This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Edgy talk. Plain talk. Unrivaled talk. Mike Graham. The only radio show you can count on for a proper serving of good old-fashioned common sense. In search of the perfect debate. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Online on DAB Plus, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Well, 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 here we are uh, about to anoint a Prime Minister uh, who has only once been voted against in an election process which happened just a few weeks ago. A man called Rishi Sunak, a man who nobody in the Tory party actually wants to be Prime Minister, apart from a few people, maybe as many as a couple of hundred people, who happen to work in Westminster, who happen to be MPs, who happen to be betraying their very own constituents, those people who put them in charge. I'm going to make no bones about it this morning. Rishi Sunak should not be the Prime Minister of this country. Rishi Sunak does not have uh, in any way a mandate to be the Prime Minister of this country. He stabbed Boris Johnson in the back. But this is not about Boris Johnson. This is not about Rishi Sunak. And it's not even about Penny Mordaunt. Some people think she should be the next Prime Minister. However, this is what it's about. It's about democracy. It's about what we do in this country. It's about how we run this country. And I'm afraid putting Jeremy Hunt in the Chancellor's chair, a man who has run for leader twice and lost miserably, came eighth out of eight last time, to put a man in the Prime Minister's chair who has only run for office once inside the Conservative Party and lost, to put him in charge is an absolute travesty and it should not be happening. I'm going to say this once and once only, a plague on all their houses because these people who run politics in this country, and I count the Labour Party as well, and the Lib Dems, and the SNP, they have forgotten the one truth that they should remember, and that is that we put them there, and we can take them away anytime we like. We pay their wages, we pay their expenses, we give them the money that they then do nothing with except waste it. We give them all the money they give to the NHS. We give them all the money that they give to our armed forces. We give them all the money that they pay to Serco to house illegal migrants in this country, which nobody wants, right? That's our money they're wasting. They tax us and they take our money and they waste our money. And I'm sick to death of them, quite frankly. So I today will say this. The only way to sort this Tory party out and to fix this Tory party and to make it properly conservative, because that is very far from what it is now, and it's going to get even further away from that under the guise of Messrs Hunt and Sunak, just call an election, right? 
do it now and get it over with. And if you lose massively because you're so useless, then you deserve nothing less than that. Because this is where we are in this country. Britain is sick to death of its own politicians. Britain is sick to death of the Tory party. Britain is sick to death of the Labour Party. Britain is sick to death of putting people in charge of political organisations who can't tell you what a woman is. Britain is sick to death of being paid no lip service at all by these morons, right? These are the people who tell us how to behave. These are the people who tell us not to hate others. These are the people who tell us not to drive in a cycle lane. These leaders of ours, who are they? Who gave them the right to tell us what to do? We should be telling them what to do. I'm sick of it. Let's have an election and kick them all out. Let's start again. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, and I'm not taking it anymore. Neither should you. It's been an interesting weekend, eh? I don't care whether Boris Johnson runs or not. People said to me last night on Twitter, oh, you'll be crying into your soup now. Not really. I have a job to do here, and my job here is to represent the people of this country. It used to be the job that politicians did, but no, they don't represent the people of this country anymore. They represent themselves, they represent interest groups, they represent lobbyists, they represent global companies, they represent the bankers. They don't represent us. You name me one politician worth his salt, worth the money that we pay them, And I will give you a round of applause. I'll tell you one man who I bet agrees with everything I've just said. And that is Ben Habib, former MEP, chairman of Brexit Watch as well. Um, We're going to be talking to Grant Shapps coming up in a little while. I'll put all this to him. I don't know what they think they're doing. I don't know why they think that we should in any way support them. Ben, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. I'm pretty angry about all this, Ben. I think we've lost control of our own parliament. We've lost control of the representatives uh, that we put in there. And they seem to think that they're in charge of us. Well, I I couldn't agree more, Mike. I am so furious with the Conservative Party. You know, we've had 12 years of big state, high borrowing, large taxation and no growth. And eventually, I thought, with Liz Truss, who went through this protracted leadership contest, put to the vote of the membership, albeit a small small number compared compared to the population of the nation, but nevertheless, a democratic process in the Conservative Party, a new vision a vision where taxes would be cut, where people would be liberated, businesses would be liberated with deregulation, growing the pie, you know, casting herself against the anti-growth coalition. All of that was absolutely right. And within days, the Treasury combined with the Tory wets and the Bank of England who absolutely hung Liz Truss out to die. Within days, we had all of that. And now we've got the ultimate in a globalist, Rishi Sunak, who thinks he knows it all. He went to Winchester, Oxford and Stanford, got his MBA, Goldman Sachs. He's a cut above the rest of us. He's thought it all through. He's got all the solutions and he's going to tax us, take our money, spend it on what he thinks is right and deliver what he thinks is right. This is, as you rightly said at the beginning, Mike, an anti-democratic move, an anti-democratic government. Rishi Sunak knows it all. He's going to tell us what he's going to yeah. do, and we'd better just lump it. Well, it's the government of the entitled, it seems to me. I mean, I saw his statement yesterday when he said he was running. Uh, we saw that it was all about him. It was, I want to do this. I want to do that. I will exactly. do this. I will do that. 
Well, it's not about that. How about you listen to the people and you do what they want? For example, stop the migrants coming onto the south coast of this country. Stop the net zero madness and get our energy bills down and give us some tax back and stop taking Uh, all of our money and wasting it. Absolutely. I mean, the problem with socialism, which is what the Conservative Party now practices, is that you eventually run out of other people's money. And that's what they're doing. You know, corporation tax is about to go up. Absolutely disastrous move. You know, we're going to have twice the corporation tax in Northern Ireland than the Republic of Ireland has. Northern Ireland's going to be decimated by this corporation tax rise, not to mention the damage it's going to do in the United Kingdom. Um, And there's another 20 billion of additional taxes Jeremy Hunt wants to raise. Well, where is this money coming from? Because the economy is not growing. Liz Truss had exactly the right idea. You had to take a view. You had to take a risk. You had to cut taxes and deregulate and then and then cross your fingers. And it would have come right that the economy would grow. And from that growth, we would all be enriched. And what is more democratic, Mike, than allowing people to decide how they spend their money? Of course. Not the state taking it and then spending it on their behalf. It's absolutely wretched what's happened in the Conservative Party over the last few days. And if Penny Morden stands aside today, If Penny Morton stands aside today and you get a crowning of Rishi Sunak, that would be abhorrent. Well, you're going to have. Yeah, well, of course she's going to stand aside because she's only got 26 votes or something or coming her way. I mean, she seems to think she's the Queen of Sheba, by the way. I don't know why. I don't know what she thinks she's so great at. Uh, She hasn't done anything that I can see uh, regarding her uh, appointment as Prime Minister of this country. What on earth does she think she's done to earn it? Well, the only thing I can say is that at least she wasn't presiding over the collapse of the economy. And, you know, Rishi Sunak is squarely responsible for where we are. He talks about wanting to fix the economy. Well, it's, it's him that broke it. He did more borrowing as chancellor than any chancellor in history, all financed by the Bank of England. When Liz Truss wanted to c- cut some taxes, the Bank of England just ran for the hills. It's an extraordinary thing. It was an ideological driven move by the Bank of England. They were talking down Liz Truss's mini-budget before she even announced it. The night before the budget, Andrew Bailey was saying the United Kingdom would go into recession. He had no business to be doing that the night before the budget. It wouldn't even surprise me. This is going to sound like a conspiracy theory. But with all the billions Rishi's got, it wouldn't surprise me if he was shorting sterling after the mini-budget. You know, why not? Why not trash the the vision that he didn't want to support? I think this is a complete stitch-up. And it's, it's wretched that Liz Truss has been hung out to dry. What people wanted was a, a, a deregulated, low tax, Singapore on Thames, eventually taking advantage of Brexit yeah. and driving the United Kingdom forward. That's what people wanted. And Rishi Sunak has taken us back to David Cameron, George Osborne in spades and squared. And it's going to be a disaster yeah. for the British economy. Well, I'm not, I'm not even going to uh, take you up on uh, an argument about Liz Truss. I thought she was dreadful. I mean, I did think that her ideas were not bad, but she was a dreadful leader and should never have but, been chosen. But we should never have been perhaps. given a choice between Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss in the first place, should we? Well, I mean, what you're saying is we should have gone back to the people. And, you know, there's, there's a good case for that. Of course, we run a parliamentary democracy and they would argue that it's Parliament to decide you yeah. know, who the... I mean, I bet, the, they the wish they'd gone, I bet they wish they'd had an election back in July instead of this shower that we've got now. Yeah. Well, whatever happens, Mike, I think the Conservative Party are now facing electoral oblivion. Yeah. You, you may not have liked Liz, and yep, she was gauche. She had a very 
unusual, if I can put it that way, speaking manner. <laughs> um, but, you know, her policies were right. <laughs> her policies were right. And they well, yeah, but the policies good, were right until she you know. changed her mind and then they were wrong. I know. And then the new ones she were right. Never, so, you know. She should never have buckled. She allowed herself to be cowed at the first headwind she got. She buckled on the... I would never cut the 45% tax rate. But having cut it, she had to stick to her guns. Yeah. She should not have allowed the blob to squash her. Exactly. And once they smelt blood, they just went after her until she couldn't take the mm. pressure anymore. And she should never sack Quasi. That was a terrible mistake. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, we are where we are. Um, I think the political landscape is going to change dramatically over the next 18 months. I know that Reform Party has had hundreds, if not thousands now, of new mm. members over the weekend. And, you know, the, the Conservative Party is bringing the House of Cards down on its own It's head. incredible. But what they have done uh, is worse than any other kind of enemy could have done to our political system. It's extraordinary. Ben, listen, I've got to run uh, because we're going to talk to Grant Shapps and I've got one or two questions to put to him. Uh, he is, of course, the current Home Secretary. I don't even know if he's going to be Home Secretary tomorrow. Uh, the way things are going, you get to be Home Secretary for a day. It's great, isn't it? This is Talk TV. On the app, on your smart speaker, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham, right here on Talk TV. We've had a pretty fiery start to the show this morning because I think the time has now come to tell the truth about where we are and why we are where we are. We're going to talk to Grant Shapps, the Home Secretary, in a moment. Uh, But let me just reiterate what many of you have now echoed my sentiments were when I started to speak this morning. Because I think we were all sick to death of what is going on. We've all had enough. The Tory party has defenestrated itself in a way which is quite remarkable. More perhaps remarkable than anything the Tory party has ever done. They've gone from an 80-seat majority to this, to limping along, appointing and anointing a prime minister who lost the actual prime ministerial vote the last time around. We had a home secretary uh, who has been put back into a government when Liz Truss was still there, who wasn't even a supporter of Liz Truss. We've got somebody in the Chancellor's chair who lost twice in an election to be leader. So what's going on? Let's ask Grant Shapps how he can possibly sit there and admit that they're in charge of anything. Grant, a very good morning to you. Morning. Um, The people are pretty angry, Grant. They're sick to death of the way the Tory party's been running this country. And I speak as a supporter of yours. I speak as somebody who thought Boris Johnson was a great idea and was a great leader for this country in 2019. And I'm I'm not going to put up with the, well, we had two years of COVID. I mean, the last three months has been a complete and utter disaster, hasn't it? It's not been good. I think you're, you're right. I also supported Boris in 2019. I helped run his leadership election back then as well. Um, and, you know, I do think that where we've gone the last couple of months, two, three months, as you say, hasn't been um, helpful. The, the one thing that we should do is look after the economy. It's, it's like, if you know, it's what it's almost what we're known for. And not uh, I think there have been, I think, well, I was going to say, I think there have been some brighter spots which are worth mentioning, including record low unemployment i think the lowest since 1974 which sort of got lost in the fact that you know there are other things which weren't going right so i think i think that's true i think that was a diversion and i think we need to get back to the basics of running a good well-run economy where we look after the, you know the pound in your pocket and that is what i hope will happen well uh, that's the, the problem isn't the it you hope you hope that will happen but that's about all you've got is hope right now because the problem for people out there uh, is that if they were asked what they think of the conservative party now I don't think you'd be very keen to hear the answer because the pound in my pocket is not worth what it was 
you know, the energy costs that we're facing, uh, I don't even know whether you're going to be backing up people's energy costs past April or beyond April or before April because the, 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 uh, the landscape keeps changing. You've got a chancellor who is in the middle of uh, doing a budget. You lose a prime minister. You've now going to have another prime minister. I don't even know if you're going to have Jeremy Hunt as chancellor. I don't even know whether he's planned for the October 31st statement is changing. I mean, do you know? So, uh, first of all, let's get a new prime minister in place. Secondly, well, how about we you, don't? How about we have a general election? Well, you've got a you've got a manifesto, right, which runs from 2019 uh, when the election was held. As you rightly said in your introduction, there's a significant majority, and people want to see that manifesto carried out. You know, I think you've just revealed that you voted for it. I want no, I didn't actually. Out. Oh, did you not? No. I thought you said you were a supporter. No, I'm a supporter. It doesn't mean I voted for it. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, either way, uh, that's a manifesto that the country voted for with a significant majority. And uh, we we want to see it carried out. And actually, uh, if it is Rishi, uh, who is uh, the the, the successful outcome, uh, the winner, um, we'll get back to that, won't we? He's actually said we want to implement the the main thrust of the 2019 manifesto, notwithstanding the fact that I know know you say don't, don't mention it, but there were two years of COVID. There's a war. Uh, which um, has pushed up energy prices and inflation uh, here and globally. But we do want to get back to that and delivering on what we said we'd do. Um, and in a couple of years' time, people will be able to make a judgment in the round to see whether we actually... Yeah, but a lot of people don't have a couple of years' time uh, to, 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 because they'll run out of money by then. Richie Sunak taxes me more than he's ever taxed anybody since the Second World War. The Tory party is now a party of high tax, which I don't think is a very conservative way of looking at the economy, uh, and a party of high spend, which I also don't think is a very conservative way of looking at the economy. Do you? Well, I don't agree with your your your, your um, description there. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're saying about high taxes, but you also accept was 407 billion pounds that had to be spent uh, well i don't actually COVID. no i don't accept that oh really there was a lot of there so was you would have let you no, would have no, let those no, companies no, go no, no, don't, tr- don't try and be don't try and, and be black and white about it grant you know perfectly well that there were some things that were done during covid which were uh, in ridiculously uh, carried out they shouldn't have been we lost loads of money to billions of pounds of fraud which apparently rishi sunak said it wasn't worth trying to get back we gave well, money to companies. We gave money to companies that were formed the day before they applied for grants. That is, to me, gross financial negligence. Why did that happen? Yeah, now, with respect, I don't think Rishi Sunak or anyone else has said that's not worth getting back. And in fact, well, they're not trying to get it half, back, are they? That's not true. A billion and a half has already been recovered, and more prosecutions are underway. But look, this was unprecedented. Suddenly, and I remember this well because I had constituents pr- approaching me about it every single day. People were literally in fear of losing their businesses, of losing their jobs, yeah. and action had to be taken at record speed. Lots of, people, right. lots of people did lose their jobs because they weren't covered by the scheme. Well, I mean, here we are, as, as I said at the top of the interview, in a position where we've got record levels of employment since 1974, record low unemployment. So, you know, I think you're right in a sense that I'm not trying to sort of come on and pretend everything was dandy and there were no problems. Well, that would be ridiculous, we wouldn't did it? Make, of course, and we did make mistakes during... You know, COVID, you know, as Transport Secretary through that time, I look back now, particularly with the benefit of hindsight and all the changes we had to make to travel arrangements and the rest of it. And I think we'd know how to handle it better. But we had not been through a pandemic globally. And I think in this country where we jabbed people first, we did the vaccinations first, helped to vaccinate more people around the world than any other nation, thanks to the Oxford AstraZeneca uh, 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 
being sold at cost price, by the way. I think because of that, uh, actually, we, we have a pretty good no, but record. The, the NHS is complete and utterly unworkable. The border force can't actually manage to police our borders. We've got police who can't arrest people or charge anybody with anything. The whole country is in the dustbin. Well, if you, Graham, don't, right? if you don't mind me and, saying and, that's and a I don't... slightly tabloid view of the world. Oh, really? Okay, so tell me, what, just, well, so tell me well, what's, just... go, what's going on on the south coast sure. of this country this morning. How many people do you think are going to arrive? They're going to be put into a bus. They're going to be taken to a hotel where they're not going to be charged any money at all. And they're going to be given food and they're going to be given shelter. And they're going to be people who are living next door to them who can't afford to put their heating on. How do you think that is a conservative policy that is in any so way a success? You're... So I was going to say, you're making a slightly different point, and I'll address that. I was just going to say, as my first visit as, as Home Secretary, I've actually just been to uh, talk to the police in Hertfordshire this morning. I've been to the custom cells, and I've seen that operating properly. You said nobody's being arrested. I, I've well, just look, at the, look, at the arrested. Rates, look at the rates of, of, of charges for burglary. Look at the rates of conviction for burglary. Look at them. Yes, but look at things like police numbers, right? I've just I've just been I've just been with a, a constabulary who have increased their police numbers by two hundred. They're putting them up by another hundred across the country. We're on track to get twenty thousand extra police. But I'm not. It doesn't matter if they're not arresting anyone, does it? But, but you, you, again, you, you accuse me of being black and white before. You are being extremely. Well, I'm t- extremely what I'm giving you, Grant, is what I'm giving you, Grant. What I, Grant not, not arresting anyone. Grant, what I'm giving you is statistics which the Home Office have produced on the paucity of convictions on almost every single crime that you can mention. And what I'm also telling you about is the voice that I hear every day from people that call my show and complain about not being able to see a doctor, not being able to see a dentist, not being able to get a burglary solved, not being able to get their car uh, retrieved because it's been stolen. I'm just telling you what the people tell me. So, look, as I say, you're never going to, you know, we've got a lot of different things that have to be worked through and many, many different pressures. And I don't disagree with you about that. But the idea that nothing ever gets solved and what have you, that that we're all going to hell in a handcart, I disagree with because I've just met the professional men and women, particularly in policing, for example, just now, who are doing a tremendous job, who are looking after victims of domestic abuse, uh, by the way, who are uh, prosecuting people and arresting uh, people uh, and, uh, you know, doing... Well, police officers that I speak to, Grant, tell me that one of the reasons that they have difficulty doing as much uh, anti-crime activity as they would like Mm. is because they're doing all sorts of other jobs like Mm. social services, like social care, like stopping people who have got mental health problems from throwing themselves off bridges, you know, and and taking people to hospital because the ambulance service is knackered. Yeah, no, you you certainly, I've just been talking to the Chief Constable about that this morning in Hertfordshire because, you know, it is the case that police end up doing a lot of different things which are, you know, at the edges of where you might want them. For example... Um, at hospitals where you might need a couple of officers to look after somebody perhaps who has mental health uh, issues is injured and they can't get those police officers back out on the streets and I think that's one of the many many issues that I'll be looking at so look I'm not disagreeing with everything you say the world is not all fine and dandy I'm not saying that either but nor uh, is it the kind of black and white picture that you are representing uh, you know there are there are many, many good people trying to do the There are lots of good people in this country. The people of this country are not the problem. It's the politicians that are the problem because you lot seem to have forgotten that we put you in place to do our bidding for us, that we pay your wages, that we give you mm. money through tax to spend responsibly, not well, to do respect, with what you with, will. With respect to you, um, you haven't been with me this weekend, but had you have been, you would have known that I was out on the doorstep talking to my constituents, hearing from them. Uh, and, and, very what, much and what did aware. they tell you? Very, very much. Well, I was going to say very much aware of their concern because I was the one who was out knocking on doors. Well, all right. Well, so, tell me, you know, tell me what uh, they said. 
lots of different concerns. A lot of people's concerns will relate to their local um, areas. Uh, a lot of time, you know, it can be very local issues to do with speeding traffic, uh, you know, concerns about the neighbourhood and that sort of thing. Obviously, there are national issues of concern. But I do just, I, I just say, you know, you're very, very keen to present this in black and white terms as if that the whole thing uh, is unique to us. Every Western country, thanks to Putin's invasion, is going through an extraordinary period of very high inflation rates, much higher interest rates as a result in order to try to suppress those inflation rates and all of the problems that therefore come about. It's not simple to resolve those No, things. it isn't simple. But we are working. We are working. But the, the countries who have got the worst, the, the, the countries that have got the worst uh, energy crises are those that have pursued net zero as well, aren't they? No, I don't. I, I yes, don't they agree. are. America does not have the same problems because it hasn't done the same things, and it has got much but more America, of its own, much America much more of its own energy. That exactly. Yeah, they have they have natural resources. In well, so do we. We just don't use but them. Europe, but European wise, um, actually, I think we do um, uh, pretty well as it happens in terms of our uh, energy mix. We're not reliant on one single form of energy. In fact, we're only reliant on about three percent of Russian gas. So that's been a lot better for us than. For example, it was yes, for, but, but uh, we've Germany. been importing, well, en- but we've been importing gas, right? When we could have our own. Well, obviously, from Qatar, we, we we import it from Qatar when we have our own gas. We got rid we'll of have, our storage we'll have tank. A mix of energy from lots of different things. But I'm not sure clear what you're arguing for there. My argument is that if we generated more of our own gas, which we stopped doing because of the green concerns of the people who seem to think that you know, if you're green domestically, it's all very well not to be green on importing stuff. That's what I'm getting at. The vast majority of so people in this country, be, the vast majority of people in this country, Grant, if you talk to enough of them, will tell you that they would rather have cheaper energy and they don't care where it comes from. So, to be clear, you don't think we should be the world's biggest uh, wind farm energy producer? No, I don't, you don't think we should have No, because it doesn't work. I don't think we should have nuclear farms. No, I think you've been in power for 12 years, Grant. If you'd had some foresight back then, you could have built some energy plants, you could have built some nuclear plants, but you haven't, have you? But hold on. Um, I think you're right that nuclear uh, has been very slow and this government is investing. and We've got nuclear plants uh, now will come through. That has been a historic problem, I agree. I don't agree with you about energy. It's now producing a huge amount of our power. We should be proud of the fact that we're a country. I don't think the we should be proud of the fact that come April, come April, Jeremy Hunt is going to expect us to pay £6,000 a year for our energy. You think that's fair? I, I, do concern, I do worry that you're, you're saying things to your audience which actually aren't true. Like what? Jeremy Hunt, has, uh, well, earlier you said you didn't know whether the energy guarantee would last till April. Well, so he, says it's, he says it's going to last till April. That's what he said. That yeah. was his last statement. Earlier you said the you way, didn't know. The way, well, I don't know. No, I don't know because... because so I'm going to clear that up for you. Well, it, did last, it will last till April. And then he said... Well, will we'll Rishi we'll Sunak last till April? Uh, sorry, I didn't hear you. I said, will Rishi Sunak last till April? Uh, well, we'll see who wins the uh, competition first for the leadership. You know, the point it. is, it's all very well, Grant. You can, you, I'm not trying to, to be difficult with you, but the people of this country have seen the most ridiculous U-turning uh, that anybody's ever seen in the history of politics in the last six months. You know, Liz Truss told us that, uh, that the energy guarantee would last long, long beyond April. Then Jeremy Hunt came in and said it wouldn't. Quasi Kwarteng said he wasn't, he wasn't going to leave his office, and then he did. Liz Truss said she wasn't a quitter, and then she quit. You know, what are we supposed to believe? I think today and this week is an opportunity to put all that behind us. And uh, I hope that's very much what happens. Let's face it, Rishi Sunak predicted this would be what would happen if we pursued uh, a policy of cutting taxes and borrowing money to do it. He's going to put that right. And I'm looking forward to seeing if he wins. Well, to be fair, it was all his mates in the city that made it happen, wasn't it? 
I, I, look, I, I, in the end, you, you can't, as, as Margaret Thatcher used to say, you can't buck the markets. And I think it's well, it's well, it does as well to remember that. And you've got to run uh, a proper financial fiscal policy. And that's what Richie Sunnett will do. Okay. Grant Chaps, thank you very much indeed. Grant Chaps, Home Secretary. Um, I forgot to ask him if he was going to be Home Secretary after Richie Sunak gets in. But there we are. We just don't know, do we? I think what I said there was what you would have liked me to say to him. And I'm very, very pleased that I got the opportunity to do it. So if they give us more ministers to talk to, maybe they'll get the, the message. This is Talk TV. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Tom Hunt, Conservative MP for Ipswich, uh, because he thinks he's the man. Tom, a very good uh, morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, There's a lot of people slightly um, concerned about the way this is all going on, Uh, the way that a man stands uh, as prime ministerial candidate in the summer, loses to Liz Truss, and now thinks that he's just going to walk into Westminster's top job uh, because everybody says he can in the party. Well, I mean, we had a um, contest in the the summer where there was a massive um, debate about the economy and what the right thing to do was. Rishi Sunak had a particular set of views. Liz Truss had another set of views. Uh, And to be perfectly frank with you, in the last few weeks, there's no argument. Rishi Sunak has been absolutely vindicated on all of the big economic calls. um, And I think that we've paid a serious price for going down a wrong route on the economy. And I think Rishi Sunak is a person of a track record to, to put that right. And I think right now he's the best thing for the country. And actually, the fact he has so much support in the parliamentary party, at the end of the day, it's pretty vital that he command the confidence of your own parliamentary party. Rishi does. Well, he, well, he, he commands the, the, some of the party. He doesn't command all of the party. I mean, let's not forget, Boris Johnson has said that he had uh, uh, at least half as many votes, and uh, maybe even more than half, that Rishi Sunak had. He says that Rishi Sunak was offered the opportunity uh, to do a deal, uh, which then was not done. Um, and as a result, I would say the party isn't any more, well, any, any more kind of uh, united than it was before. Well, well, let's be, let's, let's, I mean, I've read some media reports about what that deal was. I mean, I don't know what was discussed privately, but from what I've seen, the deal that was presented was, you know, Boris Johnson being the prime minister. So, you know, and, and frankly, Rishi Sunak already resigned once uh, from Boris Johnson's cabinet, partly over disagreements over the economy. So I'm really not sure that would have been the best outcome. Um, yes, you know, Boris, you know, had many attributes, many strengths. Now wasn't the time for Boris Johnson, in my view. I think we've still got the privileged committee hanging over over him. We've got. Yeah, a, why a very... hasn't that been sorted out? By the way, it's been a very long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I agree with that one. I mean, I I heard over the summer it's going to be done by the end of uh, September, October, and I, I don't even know. Where, and I, I can't seem to get an answer as to where we're at with it. I've, I've been trying to probe a bit in terms of where are we at with the privileged committee, and. I haven't got any closer to finding yeah. out the answer. Because, but- I mean, the thing is, I don't think this is about Boris Johnson or Rishi Sen. It's not about personalities anymore, Tom. I think the people of this country, though, and particularly Conservative voters, are very unhappy with what's been going on. I just had Grant Shapps on, I don't know whether you heard, um, who I presume probably won't be very happy with me. But, you know, the people of this country are asking me a lot of questions to put to you guys as to why yeah. you think that you can run the country like this. It's a shambles. Well, I, I actually, you know, we think we've gone from a situation where, you know, last week was not a week I would ever want to repeat ever again. I mean, I, I never thought I, as a member of parliament, witnessed the sort of drama we had last week. It was, it was, it was bordering on a. It was ludicrous. Ludicrous. I mean, Britain. I mean, I was defending Britain for many, many uh, weeks up until that moment. But the laughing stock of the world is not a very comfortable place to be. But, but then on the other hand, though, within a space of a few days, it looks as though we've swiftly resolved the issue. Have the, you? Issue, the, issue, the issue was at the top, uh, and it looks like 
possibly within just a few days we've we've rectified that. Yeah, and but the trouble is, you see, you think awesome. in your mind, Tom, you've rectified everything, right? Actually, all you've done uh, is found somebody to run the party and to run uh, the Conservative group in Parliament. I, what well, you haven't let, fixed, let, hang on, what let, you haven't fixed is yeah. all the problems we've got. Well, let, let, let me be, let, let me be honest. I've just said that Rishi Sunak was absolutely vindicated on the economy. Absolutely. Everything he said has come to pass. He said there is no such thing as fairy tales. He warned what might happen if he went down a route Liz Truss went down. You know, the reason why I've backed Rishi Sunak is because I think it's the best thing for the country. As a country right now, we're in perilous waters. The economy's never been a bigger issue. It's because of my care for that that I've backed Rishi Sunak. I've put, the, I've put what I think is best for the country uh, before narrow party interests or anything yeah. else. Well, if, all right, <laughs> let me ask you a question. If Rishi Sunak thought that what was best for the country was what he should do, why did he resign his job as Chancellor in the midst of one of the worst economic forecasts the world had ever seen? Why did he do that? I mean, we've, we've seen um, that actually, you know, some of the things I think that the previous um, but one prime minister wanted to do in the economy were very similar to what the current prime minister done in the economy. And like with the current prime minister, Rishi thought that was not in the interest of the country. Who is the current prime minister? Liz Truss. Oh, is she? Blimey, I thought she'd gone. Um, why was she uh, partying at the weekend, by the way? You think that was a well, good I, look? I, I look, look we, we've, had, we've had three or four years of Liz Truss as being uh, prime minister. Clearly, it hasn't worked. But you know what? Weeks. At least, at, at least, yeah, at least we've acted decisively. No, I, you, you know, haven't, we, Tom. Yeah, remember when the Labour Party had a useless leader? They were stuck with a useless leader. Yeah, listen, I don't want the Labour Party to get in. But you guys have done such a bad job of this then I would like to see a general election because I think the Conservative Party is no longer Conservative. They've got a party of high tax, a party of financial incompetence and a party of big, big public spending. And that's what you've become. Um, I mean, I mean, I think that's very unfair. You know, but I'm really? And also in terms of, um, you know, Rishi Sunak, you know, where is this idea that Rishi, Rishi Sunak some sort of left of centre? He's not. Rishi Sunak was pro-Brexit. He was very brave on Brexit. I've spoken to him before about issues such as immigration. Uh, and I, yeah, he is a Conservative. I don't know where his ideas come from, but somehow Rishi... Well, he's put 15 new taxes on us since the Tories have been in with Boris Johnson. Oh, he's, you know, we're paying more tax than we've paid since the Second World War, Tom. That's not Conservative policy, surely. It's easy to point the finger. You know, Rishi, I mean, how many chances have been chances through a global pandemic like he was? He acted nimbly. He kept hundreds of thousands of businesses over... The yeah, country. and now look what's happened. It looks as though what he did has cost the, the economy incredibly dearly, and it's never going to recover. And actually, in terms of the Cabinet people who are pushing back on adding, going down the Welsh and Scottish route and restrictions last Christmas, Rishi Sunak was the person in the Cabinet pushing back the most. Rishi Sunak, you know, he was the one more than anyone in the Cabinet who didn't want to put further restrictions, who didn't want to go down yeah, the route... Yeah, but the restrictions still the- happened, and he didn't resign then either, did he? Well, it's easy to say, you know, but you, you just had to go at him for resigning. Yeah, because he resigned for the wrong reason. He resigned because he thought he could have an opportunity to become prime minister. That's why he resigned, and you know that. Well, ultimately, if, if you lose confidence in the current prime minister, you don't think they're in the interest of the country, but naturally... You, you, you Listen, Tom, you and I have spoken many times. We agree on an awful lot of things, and I have a great deal of time for you as an individual. But I just think the Tory party right now is finished. And I'm sorry to say well, that, because I don't want it to be finished, but it is. Well... I'm, I'm, I envy you that you've got so much certainty over what's going to happen because we live in a very unpredictable world. Um, however, I just, I just think that um, I think Rishi Sunak, I'm excited by a prospect of him being his prime minister. I think he's competent. I think he is a conservative. And I think he'll unite the vast majority of the parliamentary party. And actually, right now, with the instability in the country and the world, 
Um, I do not believe we need a general election. And as frustrated as you are with the Conservative Party, you know, the idea that a, a Labour Party that was trying to make Corbyn PM only a few years ago it, um, could get a majority. And, and I mean, and, and I, I'm not going to be supporting handing our country over in a platter to Keir Starmer. That is not something that I'll be doing. It's something I'll be fighting against. Well, the Tory party is making a pretty good fist of doing exactly that. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you, Mike, but we are where we are now. And I think we've got a good new person who's close to becoming prime minister. And so we're in a very different position to which we were last week. It's been a big week. So much has changed. And I think Rishi Sunak, if he does get it, is a vast improvement of the leadership we've had over the past few weeks. Well, it may well be. But I mean, I think my hamster would be a vast improvement of the leadership we've had over the past few weeks. And, you know, I haven't even got a hamster. But listen, Tom, good. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. See, thank you very much indeed. Tom Hunt there, Conservative MP for Ipswich, trying to convince me that the Tories are still uh, in power uh, and in office uh, and in control. Do you agree? Because I don't. This is Talk TV. Good morning and welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. We are possibly just hours away from having yet another Prime Minister. We're going to give Rishi Sunak a go, apparently, see how he does. Will he do any better than Liz Truss? As I said to... um, Tom Hunt, my hamster could probably have done a better job than this trust, but that's not a story that I'm going to tell again because I don't actually have a hamster, uh, but I'm sure it would do better. Peter Hitchens is here this morning. Uh, we'll get from him why the answer to any question would have been this trust because that's what he wrote about this weekend, but it's also some very, very interesting thoughts on how we got to where we are and where on earth we're going. I spoke to Grant Shapps in the last hour. Uh, he's not sure either. They keep saying, oh yeah, but we've got unemployment way down. Nobody cares about that, right? People care about the cost of living. People care about how much it costs to put uh, petrol into their car. People care about how much it costs to put clothes on their children's backs when they have to buy new school uniforms. They care about the fact that every single grocery bill they get uh, is approximately a third more than it was this time last year. That's what they care about. Angela sent me a, a, a tweet and said, Mike, you sound generally upset today. I think you mean genuinely. Me too. Something about all this has really annoyed me. Well, I'll tell you what's annoyed me. It's the fact that these people... These um, sort of pinheads in Parliament seem to think that we work for them as opposed to the other way around. They work for us and they seem to have forgotten that and they now think they can just pick a Prime Minister out of a hat and give him a job for a while. What about this money they're all getting, by the way? 115 grand a year, which I didn't even know until last week. Presumably Boris Johnson's getting that as well. It's not clear. 0344 499 1000. We've got lots to do today. Uh, We will bring you up to date with everything that's going on. Uh, Running out of time for nominations is Penny Morden, who seems to have only managed to garner about 26 names. I mean, how on earth would you even have the audacity to say you should be Prime Minister if you'd only get 26 people in your own party, in your own office? to actually vote for you. Peter, very good morning to you. Good morning. It really does seem as though we have hit sort of peak narcissism in the world of politics, doesn't Maybe, it? But can I say something? I do care about people being unemployed. And it's, it is actually the case, I think, that a large amount of unemployment 
in our society is hidden. Mm. Uh, people, oh, it is. Uh, people are classified as being self-employed when they're not really, or they're classified as being on disability benefit when they're they're actually unemployed. Mm. And there's been an awful lot of very vigorous no, I get hiding that. of it. And so when ministers say we've got unemployment down, I think they should be questioned about it. Uh, it it's a, yes, it's, it's a very one of the most serious problems of our country. And when I I hinted at in my column on Sunday is this: the, we have this great difficulty, as I think largely because of uh, the collapse of family life and the destruction of our education system in finding people who are prepared to do uh, hard work mm. for reasonable wages, which is one of the reasons why governments have repeatedly brought in very large numbers of people from outside yeah. uh, to, to, to cover that gap. It is a major social problem. And a lot of these people end yes. up pretty much no, permanently listen, on the on, on on some form of, of, of no, I, I get that. Well, I've never been in favour of this kind of working tax credit type system where people who don't get paid enough money somehow have their money bumped well, that's, up that's by a, the taxpayer. That's a subsidy for low paid low yeah. paying employers. Exactly. Uh, d- dressed up as social concern, what we we we, we, we accepted that we had a, a, an economy of a, an awful lot of unskilled, low paid work. Mm. And we made up for it by 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 taxing the middle classes and, and making them pay those people higher wages. Yeah. Obviously, you want other people to be better off than they are, uh, but what it well, up to a point. What it, but, but, but wages should be paid by yeah. employers. No, yeah, but I'm, I'm not. In the, paid by the I'm not in the business of subsidising supermarkets for paying their people no, not enough money. No, Why should I? You, you know, be, you I, I spend my money as I wish to spend it. I don't wish to be told, and this is what I mean about this government and, and many governments. I don't wish to be told what they want to do with my money and how in they a, spend it better than in me. In a thriving economy, unskilled work should be paid enough for somebody to, to, to lead a decent life. Yeah, uh, th- th- exactly. The problem is that, that and, isn't happening. And when I said people don't care about that, I didn't mean people didn't care about the no, unemployment no, I thing. I just, what just, I meant was people don't care about the government saying that they've no. got unemployment down. I couldn't let, let it go by there because it is a big underscore. No, sure. Problem. Let us talk as well, though, while we're here, about this whole cabal of people who seem to think that they now have the privilege and the right to run everything without really even now a nod to democracy, without even suggesting that people in their own party in the shires can vote for the person who's going to be running the country. Well, again, I think I, I, the, the, the opposite to that is who you say the shires, but who, who is the Conservative Party membership made up of? Is it really nice old ladies in Shropshire and Wiltshire anymore? I think or, there are some or, of them. Or is it swivel-headed drug legalisers and think tanks in London? I think it's a mixture of the two, oh, well, and I think the, that's why it's split. Look at how it came out last time. Hmm. Uh, how did this vote for, for Elizabeth Truss uh, materialise if, if, if the Tory vote has, hasn't changed? I mean, one of the big problems of Elizabeth Truss's political career was she ran into deep trouble over her personal life in hmm. the constituency she now represents. And an awful lot of, of, of central Tory party heft and, the, and, the, and David Cameron's weight was put into into browbeating the the local people of Norfolk, uh, who were at one point derided as the turnip Taliban, mm. uh, to select her, and they didn't really want to. So yeah. I'm not at all sure that, uh, that the old... If you go, as I haven't been for some time to Tory conferences, but if you look at the audience in, in, in Tory conferences now, it's not made up of nice old ladies who go to church on mm. Sunday. It's an entirely different thing. So I don't particularly want them to decide who the next prime mm. minister is. What the, the, the rule in this country is that the prime minister is, is, is chosen by members of parliament 
if he if he or she can command a majority, he or she can go to the to the palace and tell the king that uh, the they that they're ready to form a government. That's all that's, that, that concerns me. And the the, the democratic aspect of it is the general election. So this the Conservative Party still holds a majority in the House of Commons, and so its its members of Parliament really uh, have. Yes, it seems to me I understand that that the freedom, is the system. The freedom under our constitution to decide. I, I won't object to that. I understand that that's the system, but the trouble is, because they're so useless at it, they've already had a go at doing that, and they failed to, to convince either uh, the rest of the country and or the markets that the, the choice they made was right. The reason Rishi Sunak didn't win last time, though, is because they they, they dislike him more than they dislike Liz Truss. It's, it's, it, but it, it's it's the meaninglessness of the contest which which annoys me. What are they about? It's it's really like the Corleone family deciding who's to take over after mm. the godfather has died and there's nobody really fitted for it except that it's it's duller uh, you don't get luca brazius <laughs> sleeping with the fishes luca brazius spending more time with his family yeah uh, it, it's just it, people get driven into retirement or or, or 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 turned into the leader of the house or some other unwanted position uh, but but there are no actual murders or massacres. But what is it about? It isn't about anything. Well, we know what because it's about. Because they have no purpose. Grant Shapps has no told me. There's no reason for this party to exist. No, Grant Shapps has told me what it's about because the one piece of policy that he could ask me about was whether or not I didn't want to have Britain as the world leader of onshore wind. And of course, this is a policy. And which, I said which, I didn't want that. This is a policy which the Conservative Party shares with yeah. the Liberal Democrats and the Labour Party and the Green Party, presumably. And indeed, the Green Party, probably with Extinction Rebellion as well. So there isn't any yeah. argument. If, if you don't happen to think that blowing up all our coal-fired power stations was a good idea, and I don't think it was a good idea, then you have no representation in mm. Parliament. And the Conservative Party, which, if it had anything to do with its name, would at least have somebody in it who was doubtful about this policy, yeah. would be perhaps on your side. Well, I was not. wondering why what he is this asked, about? of all the questions he could have asked me, the, uh, the Conservative Party policy that I supported, that that was the one he picked, because I was asking him about the high taxes that they're now uh, yeah. imposing upon the world, uh, on us in particular, uh, the high spending that they now do, and the borrowing of all this money, and I, which I suggested wasn't a particularly Conservative policy, and he came back with wind farms. Well, this is the problem with the Conservative Party, is it used to boast that it was a disposition without a dogma, that it wasn't full of people who, 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 whose, whose minds were filled with dogmatic desires for a utopian future. And that was a good thing a long time ago. The problem is that since, especially since 1945, and even more intensely since 1964, the opposition to the Conservative Party has been deeply bound up with a lot of very serious dogmas about the family, mm. about education, about foreign policy, about the about the health service, about the welfare state, about the way in which the, the whole country is governed. And the Conservative Party has never developed any counter-ideas to this. They've never come back and said, actually, what you're saying is wrong. They've just given into it, and mm. they have become what they beheld. So the Conservative Party has become, effectively, a branch of the Labour Party. Mm. And and yet it still pretends to be a Conservative Party and goes every few years to the country and says, we're a Conservative Party. Well, how, this is the reason why they're in such a mess. Mm. Uh, it is basically the thing is a fraud on the country. It is. Let me read from your own column, if you'll forgive me uh, for I a moment. Because, um, I, I, I actually screenshot this yesterday and uh, put it out on Twitter because I thought it was such a great summation of how we got to where we are, which is kind of what we're talking about. This is from Peter Hitchens' column in the Mail on Sunday yesterday. Our society is in ruins because politicians of all major parties ruined it. They attacked stable family life. They allowed the post-1960 BBC to wage a war against patriotism, religion and morality. They encouraged private debt. They removed 
wise controls on the twin curses of alcohol and gambling. They excused crime, let it rage, and failed to prevent the spread of dangerous illegal drugs. They neutralised the police and the courts. They destroyed manufacturing. They flung open our borders. They started stupid wars. They ruined the schools. They postponed the reckoning by borrowing and borrowing and hoping something would turn up. I mean, I think that's the greatest summation of how we got to this dreadful place that I've ever seen. Well, it's kind of you to say so, but it is, alas, all true. These things all it happen. really is. They happen in my lifetime, and with startling little opposition. And we, the the used to be, I mean, it was the case. I really, uh, you you could um, the, the guy who who illustrated the old Ladybird books, yeah, uh, used to actually live on a council estate, I think, in the, in the Midlands. And he people said to him, "You've drawn when he drew his pictures of, of Britain at mm. that time. You've drawn an idealised version of life." I said, "No, this is what it is like. Mm. Uh, people live uh, civilised." reasonable, modest, but productive lives. They have stable families. Their children go to good schools. Mm. Uh, their wages cover what they need. Uh, mothers can stay at home to look after their children. Uh, this uh, it wasn't paradise. It wasn't a golden age. Uh, had we, uh, there were many, many things wrong with it. It was, if, if we had had then the money we have now, it would have been much more abundant. And lots of other things could have been nicer about it too. But the fact was, we had those things mm. and we chucked them away. For a series of social experiments, yeah. and also a series of economic experiments, which have not worked because they were all declared to be undesirable, weren't they? Well, it wasn't. It was never quite put like that. I mean, for instance, the, the the idea that you could that you could weaken the bonds of marriage, which is a, a preoccupation of mine, was put forward on the perfectly reasonable grounds that lots of people were in unhappy marriages and wanted to be released from them. And one has to sympathise with that. But do you necessarily overturn the whole idea? of stable family life uh, to solve the problems of those individuals. Mm. I think not. Yeah. And if you, there must have been a more sensible way of doing it than to make marriage effectively uh, more easily dissoluble than a mm. car leasing agreement, which is what we've done. And the effect of that on children has been catastrophic. Yeah. The, the attack on education, the, the, I, I've written the history of this, and I won't go on the, de- the, the details of it, but in the, in the, until the middle 1960s, most children in this country in the state school system, got a decent education fitted for the lives they were going to lead. And that stopped when mm. we introduced comprehensive schools. And it hasn't been so since, ever since then, the, the, the only the well-off get anything approximating mm. to good education for their children. Otherwise, people they get can a terrible, it. disgraceful education mm. for, a, for a first world wealthy country. Yeah. This, these were deliberate acts of policy. And they were just as the, the, the 1945 Labour government is famed for having instituted the welfare state. But my goodness, it was tough in the rules it applied. Mm. You got benefits if you needed them. But you, but if you didn't need them, you didn't. Right. But after the 1960s, the whole attitude was changed and it became an entitlement. And it, 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 people mistake the, the hard, disciplined, serious, patriotic, in my view, socialism of the 1940s for the wholly different one which became to have in the 1960s, mm. which has not worked. No. It, and it, it's, it's actually caused more trouble than it has solved. It really Many, has. many of these things, and the Roy Jenkins Cultural Revolution at the time, and, the, and the, the, above all the thing we discuss almost every week, the, the evisceration of the police and the mm. courts yeah. and the criminal justice well, system. Well, that's another thing. disastrous Well, that's court. another thing I put to Grant Chess. I'll tell you what he said about that in a moment. Uh, Peter Hitchens is here with us. Uh, we'll take your calls as well, 0344-499-1000. Apparently some Just Stop Oil protesters have thrown custard pies into the face of King Charles' waxwork at Madame Tussauds. Has there ever been a better kind of allegory for the state of the nation? This is Talk TV. 
Talk Radio. The home of common sense. Permanent. Persuasive. Profound. Radio with an answer for everything. Talk Radio. On the app, on your smart speaker, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Peter Hitchens is here from the Mail on Sunday. We've been talking about the state of the nation and uh, we were just told before the break that there's a now uh, a pr- protest at Madame Tussauds uh, where just the war protesters have thrown custard pies into the face of King Charles's waxwork. We thought we should have a look. Uh, let's have a look at it here now. I have a suggestion. I mean, this, this, now is the time for action? Well, a Mountain should set up a, uh, a, a waxwork of several Extinction Rebellion or, or whatever they are, protesters, and invite the public to uh, go in and uh, cast and them. them. Yeah, well, I mean, I uh, Or indeed, if they could have, they could, they could, they could have waxworks of them blocking the traffic. And yeah. People who've ha- who've well, been blocked I, well, I could think go and push them yes, over. I think I, we now know, for example, social... if you see any of them gluing themselves to the road, you just go and pour um, tomato soup over them, don't you? Is that does that? That's what they did to the uh, Van Gogh painting. Yeah, tomato soup. It was tomato yeah. soup. So I think I think we're within our rights. Mashed to potatoes pour, and, and mashed potatoes and tomato soup. You know, yeah. why not go the whole hog? Yeah. So I was talking to Grant Shapps earlier about a great many things, including the fact that much of the uh, state didn't actually work. And I said, you know, the police in this country uh, can't seem to arrest anybody. We've got a woeful record of. Uh, of convictions on, on most crimes, including some serious ones and including burglary. And he started bleating on about how he'd been to the Bedfordshire Constabulary recently and talked to the police there and they're doing a fine job and there's, they've recruited 200 more people. And I was like, yeah, but nobody is interested in that. They're interested in what the police are actually doing. Yeah, so and they're not doing very much. And as they recruit, 200 more will leave because the yeah. police problem is turnover. But in, in any case, it's not how many you've got, it's what you do with what you have. But it, you just get the sense of cluelessness with people. I, I, I associate Mr. Shapps above all with the intro, introduction of the horrendous e-scooter as well, yes. which is, is now, they're really proliferating mm. now, you probably see. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the problems which they will cause are so huge. And I, I do want to link his name very much mm. with that because I want people to remember when they when they get knocked over by them and, and see the... the I, I hear those stories from people who are working as paramedics that how, how, how often their users are, are now coming into casualty. Mm. Uh, that, that Mr. Shapps' name is remembered in, in, in arm in arm with, with that development. Yes. But I, what, he, he, they, they don't... They, they seem incapable of addressing this. You, you try and put it to them, and they just have no idea. It may be because the Palace of Westminster is probably the only place in the country which is still adequately policed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, whenever we, get, we we see any of these protesters anywhere near um, either Westminster or Buckingham Palace, yeah. they actually do get dealt with properly. Yeah, there are, but there's a police presence there, yeah. which is what we want. Right. We can't have it, but our, our, this is one of the many wrong things with our society. We have this nomenclatura elite of politicians mm. who, who, who are protected from things which the public suffer. Mm, absolutely right. Let's talk a bit about um, uh, emergency rooms because there was a piece, I think, that I retweeted from your um, Twitter about San Diego and oh. marijuana where yeah. I was saying the other week to you that there's lots of now apparent evidence in, in California in particular of more people being admitted to hospital with psychosis as yeah. a result of the you know, free laws on marijuana there. Well, this is the thing is this completely undermines one of the main claims of the legalizers. What they say, and what they've continued to say, even after it was demonstrably untrue, 
was that once you legalized, you'd be able to regulate the strengths of marijuana mm. on sale, and therefore this kind of thing wouldn't happen. Mm. Of course, when you legalize, you don't actually stop the illicit, uh, the illicit no. dealers from operating. On the contrary, you, you probably increase their market. This certainly happened in California, where the moment anyone then tries to either regulate strengths or put taxes on the legally available stuff, the illegal dealers step in and mm. provide untaxed marijuana, which is stronger. And that is so therefore it, cheaper the whole as thing well. Is, it, and it, it, it's, it, it, the, but the whole thing is, is, is completely false. And I said when I heard this argument, this isn't true. The fact that something is, 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 is legal means that it's, immediately means that it's taxed. Mm. And therefore there will be a black market, just as there is in this country, in mm. smuggled cigarettes and illegally distilled alcohol, which mm. are both legal. Uh, and regulation, yes. but it didn't make any difference. And they wouldn't listen. They just they just sat, sat there saying the same thing. And do you know, believe it or not, I was at a debate the other day uh, on the same subject, and they were saying the same thing, that if if only we had legalization, we could have regula regulation, mm. and the drug would be made safer. It's demonstrably untrue. Mm. The other thing is, of course, that the for reasons of privacy, and also because the no um, no health service, either our national one or the American one, wants to start rebuilding the mental hospitals they destroyed mm. in the 1960s. Uh, there is no real collection of statistics about the extent of mental illness. And so it simply isn't measured in the way that physical illness is. And the increases in it, which I'm sure are taking place because of wider marijuana use, are basically not registering mm. on, the, on, on, on the national measures. You don't, you don't know, it, but it is undoubtedly happening. And these, these cases from San Diego show that it's happening. Yeah, but that's the thing about every public policy now. It's backed by what I would call rather nebulous alleged science, where they go, oh, but if we do this, this will happen which it's a product of, of these modellers, these kind of futurists, these people who say that, you know, A, a plus B equals C, and you're supposed to just swallow it, and you're not supposed to question it, you're supposed to go, oh, okay then, so it must be a good thing. Of course, we had the biggest instance of that during the COVID pandemic, yeah. and all kinds of, of, of claims were made about the danger of the disease, which, yeah. were, which were hugely exaggerated, and all kinds of claims were made about measures to control it, which mm. were equally baseless, uh, and turned out to have no a proper objective scientific basis mm. at all, all those rules about how far apart you could you could stand and, and, and the rest of it and the the, the the great controversy about about face coverings. It it was all the the Department of National Guestwork, mm. as it so often is. Mm. And people should question this stuff more. It's, Speaking of which I mean, what do you make of those who say the reason why we need Rishi Sunak now is because he stewards the economy properly and well? This is the guy who got us into this mess, isn't he? The one thing he can say for himself is that he did say that Liz Truss's plans would go... Well, that's a very big plumbing. talking point for his so supporters. It, 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 that's, that's, you've got to give him that. Mm. But on the other hand, he was incredibly extravagant during, yeah. during the COVID panic. And an awful lot of our problems, particularly the inflation, now gripping us are entirely... Mm down to that and, and down to the cabinet which he belonged to which took that course of action mm. so I'm not very persuaded by that No, and what about the prospects of an earlier general election than 2024-ish? Well you don't know I know it's always unwise for any government to wait till the last minute to hold an election because there's no room for manoeuvre if something goes wrong in the last mm. few weeks then you're stuck with it and they will probably want to go before then on the other hand uh, they they should have a new prime minister by the end of this week, in which case uh, they'll want to at least try and get him into the saddle to try and straighten some mm. of the mess out beforehand. They're not obliged to. It's it's perfectly proper for there to be a, a, a five-year gap between uh, 
between parliaments. Uh, I don't think this argument that you, because it's a new prime minister, you have to have an election is actually right. We are not a presidential system. We do not mm. elect our prime ministers directly. Yeah. If we did, yeah. Then, no, I mean, know, I don't I, want an I'm election against all this stuff. I don't want an election because it's a new prime minister. I want an election because the entire Tory party appears to have disappeared up its own backside. But yes, but if you get an election, I, I, I have for many, many years said it made very little difference whether the Tories or Labour were in power. On this occasion, it's actually not quite that simple. I don't think even now that, uh, that Labour will necessarily get a majority. Uh, and if it doesn't get a majority, it will need allies. And I think partly because those allies want it and partly because Labour can see the future, they will they will take the opportunity to make a major constitutional change. Mm. We will never have a proper British first-past-the-post election again. And a lot of people say, yes, well, we need that. It's good. We have to change. We need proportional representation. It's fairer. So actually, what proportional representation has meant in every country which has adopted it is permanent government by the left. Mm. And that's the danger, that the, 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 this isn't a particularly conservative government. Uh, in fact, it's not one at all. Uh, we could lose all hope yes. of ever getting a conservative uh, government ever again mm. if the Tories lose the next election. Mm. And there, I know. there is a, a, a grave difficulty f- for me and for everybody else. What on earth do we do about that? Yeah, it's a very good question. A good point at which to end. Peter, thank you very much indeed. I'm sure it won't be solved this afternoon, even if they do appoint Rishi Sunak as the saviour of the world. This is Talk TV. Nationwide, by your side, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. George Freeman, uh, MP, who's a Tory, uh, says this, to bring the stability and unity this country needs, the Conservative Party needs to unite behind a leader who can bring the different parts of the party together, assemble a cabinet of all the talents, win in 24 to keep SNP and the Labour alliance out. The key question this morning is whether that unity and stability is best served by a contest this week amongst the grassroots members of MPs or MPs putting differences aside and backing Rishi Sunak as the leader-in-waiting with the economic gravitas, overwhelming MP support to unite. Well, um, so I guess he's saying to Penny Morden, who may or may not reach 100 before 2pm, that she should step aside. I don't think anybody uh, wants to see people stepping aside. You know, why does Rishi Sunak, you know, as we used to say in the Mafia, you know, who died made you boss? You know, who makes out that you should be the one person that nobody should ever fight against because you can't win the election, so you just walk into the job? I don't think that's fair. doesn't seem fair at all, does it? Uh, but let's talk uh, right now, though, uh, to uh, Miriam Cates, because we missed her earlier on. Um, she is back, I think, shortly. But first, we're going to get Peter Cardwell up, because he'll tell us what the latest numbers are, uh, according to Penny Mordant's campaign. Peter, uh, once again, down in Downing Street. Very good morning. Uh, good morning, Mike. The Penny Morden campaign is briefing out that they have 90 people, uh, 90 MPs backing her. Now, the official tally of who is public in all of that is only 24, 25. And actually, you mentioned George Freeman there, the MP. Uh, he is someone who has been backing Penny Morden for a while. Now, he appears to have saying that Rishi Sunak is needed for unity. And apparently, he is saying to Penny Morden that she should pull out. So that's one of her on-the-record supporters saying that he's now shifting his thoughts and saying that Penny Morden should pull out. We don't know who these 65 people are, these 65 MPs who are apparently backing Penny Morden. That may well be right, of course, but their names are not in the public domain. And I think we have to ask the question why they're not in the public domain when, you know, in the age of Twitter, it's dead easy just to put that out. And maybe in the next few minutes, we'll see a, 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 a sort of um, cavalcade, a, a, um, a, a lot of MPs putting their names out. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens. But for the meantime, 
<laughs> For the meantime, I mean, Rishi Sunak is well over 100. He's well over half the party, uh, half the parliamentary party of 357. If Penny Morgan has got 65 backers, we don't know who they are, whereas we know who almost every other backer of both Rishi Sunak and Penny Morgan are. So I would treat this uh, number, <coughs> number with a little bit of caution. But of course, and this may be something to try and get the momentum for Paddy Morden, but we will we will see where we are in three hours' time when Sir Graham Brady gives us the result at two o'clock. Yeah, and I mean, as far as those who are uh, not Rishi Sunak fans and not Rishi Sunak backers, I presume those would be, generally speaking, sort of Boris loyalists to the core. Uh, will they work with him? Will they seek to undermine him? How will that go? I would imagine they're seeking to undermine him at the moment. They're seeking to make sure that there is at least a contender and someone that they feel uh, happier with, and that is Penny Morden. They feel happier with her than with Rishi Sunak. Uh, we'll see what happens at 2 o'clock, of course, but certainly if he becomes Prime Minister, whether that's at 2 o'clock uh, in terms of becoming leader of the Conservative Party or whether it's later in the week. If Rishi Sunak does become Prime Minister, he's trying to get unity in the Conservative Party. That's an incredibly difficult thing, as both Boris Johnson and Liz Truss have found, but I think whoever the Prime Minister is, whether it's Penny Mordant or Rishi Sunak. They will attempt to build a cabinet uh, with gathering people from all parts of the Parliamentary Conservative Party. One of Liz Truss's big mistakes was to put every single person in her cabinet apart from one person, where people, sort of 25 people or so, were all people who supported her, all people who uh, voted for her. And of course, every party is a form of coalition. Uh, There are all sorts of people who believe lots of different things in the Conservative Party, as we know. Uh, So putting a coalition cabinet together is probably something, especially at this time, when the Conservatives are so far behind in the polls that Rishi Sunak or Penny Morden would have to do. But no great sign of unity at the moment, no indication that Penny Morden will pull out. And as you say, why should she? Uh, if she has 90, well, that's only 10 away from 100. And there are basically three hours, slightly more than three hours to go. So yeah. we'll see where we go. This is going to be a nail-biter here in Westminster to see who gets to live behind me. Yes, indeed. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Peter Carlo reporting in there from number 10 Downing Street. Um, as he says, uh, we'll find out at 2 o'clock. You'll find out right here. Don't go anywhere. Ian Collins will be taking on uh, the show from one o'clock of course uh, and then he uh, will give you the news at two as to who is the new Prime Minister if there is one or whether or not uh, Penny Morden has managed to get over the line and it may well go to um, the people who actually think that they should be voting for the new Prime Minister and that is the Conservative Party members. We're going to talk to Miriam Coates in a moment Uh, let me just read you a little tweet from Saint Gary Lineker who has once again entered the fray on behalf of Just Stop Oil. He's already kind of issued support for them in the past but uh, Keir Starmer said this morning that Just Stop Oil are arrogant and wrong I think they're wrong I think their action is wrong he says that Labour would pursue a renewable clean energy policy including nuclear with no new oil and gas sites opened but he doesn't like their methods but of course Gary Lineker throwing his two pennies worth in another BBC genius he says this they're not arrogant they're terrified for the future for them and their children so he's quite happy to perpetuate a ridiculous, nonsensical um, belief that the world is actually going to end in about seven years' time unless we do something about net zero, because that's what they believe. They tell you that we are in a climate crisis, that the climate is going to kill everybody, that we're all going to die. That's what they actually believe. And Gary Lineker now says uh, that they're frightened to death. Well, yeah, but that doesn't make them right, does it? For heaven's sake... Miriam Cates is here. We had her uh, on earlier, but we didn't have a very good signal. She was on a train. I'm assuming she's no longer on a train. Conservative MP for Penistone and Stocksbridge. Miriam, very good morning to you. 
good morning, and I'm sorry about earlier. No, no. Listen, it's not your fault. Don't worry. I'm just glad the trains are actually running. You know, I managed to take a train this weekend, and it managed to get me there and back. Incredibly. Um, Let me put this to you. I've got a text here from somebody called Mike. He says, I'm a member of the Conservative Party. Can I say democracy is dead? What is the point of paying a membership if I can't vote? What would you say to him? Well, well, there will be a vote of members if two or more candidates uh, gain the required 100 signatures to get on the, the ballot paper today. So um, that is absolutely possible. We don't know if it's likely at the moment. Um, you know, we will know soon. So it's not the case that members are definitely not going to get a vote. We just don't know yet. But I think you know, we need to look at this in the wider context. And the national interest is very important right now. We're in a, a time of severe economic challenge. We've had some real turbulence over the last few weeks and months, and I don't think it's in anyone's interest to have a protracted uh, leadership campaign that takes weeks, that has hustings like it did before. So I very much support the process that is being employed this time round, but it has meant that fewer candidates will get on the ballot, and therefore there is a greater chance that members don't get a choice. And I, uh, you know, I understand that that is disappointing to members, I do, but I think this is a time for putting the national interest first and completing this process as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that would like it done very quickly, that's for sure. What about um, your piece in Telegraph? You said, why I cannot support Boris Johnson. I mean, Boris Johnson did the thing that a lot of people thought he should have done, which was to uh, which was to back out and not, and not run at all. Um, why did you say you can't support him? Because although I have a lot of respect for Boris, a lot of fondness for him, and he deserves huge credit for the election win in 2019 and for getting Brexit done, and breaking that crazy deadlock that dominated our politics for so many years. And I don't think it'd be right for him to come back now. And the reason for that is that we need a period of stability in Parliament. We've seen what's happened since about June, really. So four, four five, six months. Uh, what happens when the prime minister, when a party leader does not command the support and respect of MPs? And whatever the rights or wrongs of that, and I supported Boris till the very last, I was live on TV defending him and all those ministers and MPs uh, resigned and spoke out against him. But we cannot stabilise the economy. We can't actually deliver our manifesto commitments without stability in Parliament. And I don't think, unfortunately, Boris has uh, the ability to command that respect. I mean, just four months ago, 40% of MPs voted against him in a vote of no confidence. There is absolutely no way those MPs are going to follow him through the lobbies, particularly if we get to a vote on the Standards and Privileges Committee. Whereas I think Rishi Sunak has demonstrated very well over the last four or five months that he understands the economic problems that we have. And I think he maintains the respect of an awful lot of my colleagues. I mean, he's got over half the parliamentary party now backing him. He's still reaching out to people. Um, and he has a very different way of operating than Boris Johnson. Uh, you know, very operationally competent. Uh, and I think that is what is needed right now. But also, he needs to bring the people with him as well, surely, because otherwise you're going to have a sort of a husk of a government, which is all very, very happy and dandy sitting in Westminster. But you're going to have a very unhappy electorate and people are going to get fed up with that if you can't give them anything back. And it's all very well, I think, saying that what Liz Truss tried to do uh, was the wrong thing to do. But a lot of people were in support of that because it was going to help them financially. And, And now we don't see any help financially really coming down the pipe. And a lot of people are very concerned about that, particularly pensioners. Well, I would slightly push back on the popularity of Liz Truss's um, policies. I think uh, the polling suggested only 9% of the population supported uh, the slashing of the 45p tax rate. 
uh, and the end to the bankers, uh, the cap on back bankers' bonuses. So I don't think there was actually. Yeah, but the bankers' bonus cap hasn't, but that hasn't been reversed, has it? The bankers' bonus that was the one bit that, no, uh, that wasn't think, reversed. You know, let's see what's happened over the next few weeks. We are probably in a very new situation now. But I would push back on Liz Truss having a popular mandate. She absolutely didn't. And the kind of free market libertarianism that she stood for, I think uh, only 7% of the population would say that that's their politics. So it's absolutely not true that Liz had a large popular mandate. You know, I respect her very much for trying very hard and, you know, and resigning in the end quickly. You know, I'm not trying to kind of uh, trash her record. She was absolutely elected on a, on a fair mandate. But I don't think it had popular support. Whereas I think, you know, if we think how Rishi Sunak operated during the pandemic, uh, how brilliantly he put out the furlough scheme and those other support schemes. You know, whether you think they were of the right quantum or not, they were delivered expertly with no hiccups and saved an awful lot of people from financial ruin. That's the kind of competence and leadership that we need right now in what is a very serious economic situation. And so I do think he has the ability and the temperament to unite the party enough to deliver that uh, as we move forward. OK, Miriam, thanks very much indeed. Let's see whether that turns out to be the case. I couldn't say for sure. I'm not certain that it's going to work. This is Talk TV. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio.